0: All right, the uh, Labor Department just put it out. Uh, Employers adding 1.8 million jobs uh, in June. Slower pace than the uh, 4.8 created in July, rather. 4.8 created in June. So there you go. Unemployment rate edged down uh, to 10.2% in July. As we get a lot of cases forcing a lot of states to pause or reverse uh, their reopening. So those numbers are just coming through. Tom Chalero, you know him well. Uh, the uh, midday host extraordinaire, uh, right here on this station, 1039 LI News Radio. You can hear Tom every day, 12 to 2. And I tell you, uh, he, is, uh, put forth, he puts forth a wonderful program uh, on a daily basis, a program that I was uh, really proud to be a part of for a long time during the height of the pandemic. Really enjoyed my time. And there'll be plenty other times as well. Uh, The aforementioned uh, Tom Cholero. Sir, it is great to have you on my program now.
1: Uh, Absolutely, Jay. I am so glad to be here. Good morning to you. I listen to you every morning, as do so many thousands of people across Long Island. It's absolutely incredible. What a service. And, you know, and this week we had that... uh, that damn storm, that tropicana thing, whatever they called it—I don't know—the tropical storm or whatever. It just—it uh, was a tough time. The folks here on Long Island were suffering, as your last segment was indicating. Yeah, amazing, amazing.
0: And Icorn, you know, I give him credit uh he came on and it didn't take long to get him yesterday i put it out there literally i told the audience 15 20 minutes i got a reply I actually looked at it twice to make sure that i understood. because a lot of time i'll tell you a lot of times tom you know a lot of these guys and gals uh, are not going to make it to the airwaves no you know they're not transparent you know they you got all kinds of reviews going on when that happens you know they don't want to come out and talk that's right but i give icon credit we had him one years ago Tough circumstances to get them on again, but at least I give him a little credit in that regard.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. was good. I mean, it provides such a service. So many people without electricity, amazing. Still, still, we still have a, a good number of people that are still suffering.
0: You know, the communication lines, substations, but, you know, isn't it about time we bury the uh, the power lines? I mean, it
1: really is. You know, I, I'm going to ask you this. It's a trivial question because we, it came up on my show yesterday. When uh, Arthur Levitt built Levittown right after the returning soldiers in World War II, didn't he bury the lines in 1946 when he built Levittown over there in Nashville County? He did. You're right. Good, <laughs> I mean, good point. And uh, so it's about time in the third decade of the 21st century that we follow what uh, Levitt did in the middle of the 20th century.
0: Think, I think it's about time because these things are, are becoming more fierce in nature. Uh, you don't know what the next one brings. And, and listen, you know, Sandy, what, October 2012? Yeah. yeah. I'll say yes, uh, August uh, of 2020. I mean, have we learned anything here? I mean, the common denominator are these lines. You got to get them down. Yeah. Got to get them underground. Uh, it's going to be a cost, but I think it's about time we bury them. Yeah. In fact, I was
1: trying to figure out yeah. the name of that storm. I was saying it, Isaiah, but you just said it correctly, and I wish I would have heard you yesterday so that so that I would have said it correctly myself. But it doesn't matter. It did a lot of damage, and it probably shouldn't have. We should have been more prepared. But
0: yeah, maybe next it, time. It, it took me six days to get it right, so <laughs> it, uh, well, it was not an easy one, please. The next one, by the way, will be much easier, from what we understand. Hopefully, there's not an X one. We know there's going to be an X one, and that's Josephine with oh, a Josephine. J. I could say that. I could say that. so. We could say that. Uh, so I know there's a huge event happening. Uh, I love these. Uh, love these events. Support Tom, of course. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, was stellar in law enforcement for a couple of decades, twenty five years. And uh, there is a big event happening uh, this weekend, my friend. Tell us about it.
1: Well, amazing. It's going to happen tomorrow. There's been the uh, back-the-blue rallies across Long Island, and to my satisfaction, I'll tell you, the thousands upon thousands of Long Islanders that are coming out, the one over on Wantor Avenue, the one over on Eisenhower Park uh, in the last few weeks. There was one in Sable last week, so we here, as you know, you're partnered with this whole thing, LI News Radio. We're backing up this one for tomorrow, and that's why I'm so glad that you asked me to come on so that the folks could know. That's tomorrow, August 8th, at 11 a.m., Raynor County Park. That's in Ronconcoma, and that's 174 Ronconcoma Avenue. Very easy to get to. It's right off just a little north of on Ronconcomer Avenue from the LIE. It'll be on the left-hand side. And uh, we're asking folks to get there at least by 11 o'clock. We have guest speakers lined up, mostly elected officials, to support... The unity that I feel exists here, not just Long Island, but across the country, supporting our men and women in law enforcement. How important this is, because if we don't go and I had somebody come to me and say, Tom, this is a waste of time. Everybody likes the cops. We don't need to do this. It's a waste of time. No wrong. Never. That's not the case, because if we don't do this, then that other side, that small one tenth of one percent gets all of the oxygen. And they're the ones that people are covering. And then they say horrific things against the police. in addition to the fact that they don't know anything about the First Amendment, Jay, they are not peaceably protesting. They are not doing any of that. They are throwing bottles, Molotov cocktails, uh, pushing back on the police department physically, uh, causing all sorts of damage. Two weeks ago tomorrow, 59 police officers in Seattle, Washington, were injured in one weekend. And that's as a result of these groups. So if you're listening, folks, let me tell you, we've been saying this all all week long, how important it is to show support for the police. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's the First Amendment. That's what it's all about. And we, the people, are exercising our rights to make our our thoughts known, that we support the police, that we don't support these uh, literally anarchists. And I, I've been spending a lot of time, Jay, I don't know if you've done it yourself, on YouTube, and you get to literally see what's happening because people just throw up their cell phones, they post it on YouTube. You could see uncensored what's really going on and the fact that all of this is still happening. And, and by the way, it's kind of not in the news as much as it's been the last couple of weeks, but it's out there every day. Portland, Seattle, all of these cities are, are literally under attack. So tomorrow at 11 a.m. over there at Raina County Park, we're going to get started. Uh, we're going to have a whole list of speakers. My understanding is that uh, Lee, uh, Congressman Zeldin is going to be there, along with many state senators, uh, state assembly, members of the, uh, the council's police officers, uh, uh, all of the um, the different uh, fraternal organizations are going to be there, the sheriffs, the de- deputy sheriffs, the corrections officers, Suffolk County, South Hold, Southampton, River ahead. We have a lot of police departments in uh, Nassau and Suffolk County, which makes us one of the uh, safest regions in the country, and that's a fact right now.
0: But we're excited, Jay, and Allied News Radio will be there. We'll be live-streaming, too. We'll be live-streaming. I think it's great. Uh, you you have to have these things. You have to continue to show support. We talk about it all the time, the crime report this morning. Yes. With Sergeant yes. Jackalone, you know, it, it just keeps going on and on and on. The diaphragm law, the chokeholds ban, and, and, and I'm... You know, there's so long I speak out against this where, you know, and, and that video will always be embedded in my head from a couple of weeks ago. You remember it in the Bronx where you had a yes. police officer in a chokehold. Yes. And nobody says anything. You know, it's like Corey Johnson, the speaker, council president of New York City. You know, he headed a forty seven three vote banning chokeholds. But I didn't hear any comment That's from right. Johnson nor. The governor, nor the mayor, you never get anything positive from anyway, regarding enforcement. But nobody said anything when that police officer was in a chokehold himself and, by the way, needed medical attention. So, you know, we have shifted here as far as the attention. I don't know where we have gone as a society. Uh, but Tom, I'll tell you, uh, it is so off balance right now, and we gotta we gotta level it out, you know. And I talk about it all the time, Plain clothes into crime unit, you know that whole deal. Yeah. Sure. Uh, in New York City, disbanded 600 members. We talk about the the numbers all the time, and within the the, the big city itself, the disrespect. Uh, that the mayor gives to our enforcement. You don't get a lot of encouragement from the governor anymore. You look at Chicago, that war zone. Yeah. You look at the numbers there with the gang members taking over the streets. 117, mm-hmm. we give the numbers 117,000 gang members, 55 gang groups in Chicago, the Windy City, yeah. uh, and uh, only 12,000 uh, police. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was that a fair fight? You know what I'm saying? We, we, we gotta take back our streets. It's unbelievable. You know, and that's and, why these things that happen tomorrow are so important. It, it, it was done, though.
1: See, back in the 80s when Giuliani took office, uh, the crime rates in New York City were skyrocketed. They were horrible. And he started little by little with the broken windows policy. Let's start enforcing violations and misdemeanors and so on. And that'll eventually felt its way up where the whole concept comes from. And it worked. It got to the point by the time uh, later, by the time um, uh, uh, it, it, it moved forward more into the 80s, the 90s, and then by the 2000s Crime rates in New York City made New York City literally the safest city in the United States of a population of one million or more, and that was done methodically, hiring more cops. They went from twenty-two thousand to thirty-two thousand police officers. Giuliani find them, found the money for that and went out there, and it worked. And it was such a great thing. So when De Blasio takes office, he takes office of a of a city that people from Long Island here in Suffolk County were saying, "Hey, let's go into a, a Broadway show," and you didn't feel that fear anymore. Uh, they closed down the uh, the drug dealing, the horrific nature of what the red light district and all of that stood for, and it worked. It was it was phenomenal. He has reversed that in the last four weeks by what you just said the the doing the doing away of proactive policing vis-a-vis the 600 plainclothes officers that are no longer taking the guns off the streets. Gun violence is skyrocketing right now. So you would think, Jay, that he would have the same common sense that you do and that I do and look in the mirror in the morning and saying, you know, I kind of messed up, and I'm talking about Bill de Blasio. So let me reverse policy here a little bit. Or oh, the city council president, who really was celebrating when they took that $1 billion away from the NYPD. They're not doing that. They want to blame it on very benign reasons or factors such as, well, it's the coronavirus or it's the fact that we had to let people out of jail. Uh, You need to factor in bail reform, and that's where the governor and and his lot needs to take uh, some responsibility. But it could easily be reversed by reversing these actions, but they won't do it. Where? This is where we come in. We have these rallies. We show them. And people, again, are going to pay attention to this and saying that we are tired of this. We are tired of literally uh, public officials not taking responsibility for their lack of common sense actions. It's as simple as that. It couldn't be any clearer. It's very simple. We're right, and they're wrong. And I don't know how else to say it, Jay.
0: You said it beautifully. And, you know, I always remember, like, even for myself, I always remember years ago, uh, years ago, in which uh, I walked out of a Broadway show, I'll never forget it, Wicked, uh, on a cold February night, stayed in the city, and uh, it was about 25 degrees out, you know, it was just one of those nights, it was nice to be out, grab a hot coffee, Starbucks was still open, and we, uh, we, we ventured in there, the wife and I, and, uh, you know, walking around uh, Times Square, the lights... Broadway, and you know what the overall feeling I had walking the streets at like 1 in the morning were in New York City, no greater place, was safety. Yes. You know, you felt safe. You felt like you could walk anywhere, and no one would bother you. Although, you know, you still got to keep an eye out. There's always a few bad apples there. But, you know, that's the common denominator of yesteryear as compared to what we're going through now because people don't want to come here. You know, it was so interesting to me to see the dubious statements of Governor Cuomo the other day regarding, please come back, I'll take you out to dinner, he said. I'll have a drink, Let's. I'll buy you a drink. But he said that, you know, obviously in a facetious way, but you kind of get the idea. And I'm saying to myself, Governor, nobody wants to come back to the city. Look at leadership there. There is none. People don't feel safe. It, you know, forget about Broadway shows, they're not operating, the restaurant, I get it. The pandemic, okay, but it's a safety factor. Who in their right mind would want to come to the big city right now? It's not safe. And leadership says, you know what? I don't need the police department. That's right. We don't need them. So that's what you're getting right now. It's about leadership, zero right now. But interesting because safety is such a key there, you know? And you know what? We kind of grieve
1: over this because many of us remember the unity that Great City had right after 9-11. And it doesn't matter what you were black or white. They were helping each other. I was watching white police officers escorting black citizens down, holding them, hugging them, and reverse black police officers, white civilians, and so on. It That whole idea of racism disappeared when those planes hit the tower and how um, uh, new york city stood together working together at the pile down there on at the world trade center and you know there was a feeling about that and i knew many nypd members they said tom when we used to drive through the streets right after 9-11 the people would come out of their homes in any neighborhood in new york city and start cheering us and clapping and so on that's the way it was there was that unity there And uh, because, and it came from a tragedy, and I believe that feeling still exists, that passion and love for each other still exists. But uh, we don't, we're not fostering with our elected officials, they're not fostering it. In fact, they're moving in the wrong direction, and they should be ashamed of themselves. You know, Ronald Reagan once said, there's nothing wrong with this country that a good election can't cure. And I'm hoping November 3rd will start to see a return back to normalcy. I don't know, I'm not that optimistic about it, but... I think it could start tomorrow over there at Reina Park, and we could show that support for what we're saying right now, and uh, give us that good feeling again, and that's really what it was all about, and the fact that we do stand united, and, uh, you know, I think about New York City all the time, and all the memories that we have, going down to see the tree over there, you know, when they light the tree during the holiday season, and the people ice skating, and so on, that's what New York stands for, and they're ruining it, they're, they're absolutely ruining it by not supporting that great police department,
0: so kick out of the news today and I brought this up earlier with Joe. You know, where you have in Minneapolis. And that's really where, where we all started with this, right? May 25th, yes. the murder of George Floyd and everything else, but you have the city council there. They have a proposal we know to dismantle the city's police department. Well, guess what? They said today, you know, or yesterday, they need more time. They got to figure it out, which means it won't be on the ballot in November. Of course, the city's charter commission voted this week to take 90 more days. To review the council's proposal to replace the police department with an agency, uh, with a broader public safety approach. Be careful what you wish for here, folks. You know, Tom, this goes back so many years. You and I have covered this with Minneapolis. We could could cite 10 cases over 10 years. And it's about the training aspect. How about a review of the training? You know, how about a review of the application process? Absolutely. Uh, how about a review of the fact when you have a Derek Chauvin type on the force, you know, with 17, 18 type red flags of of situations in which you have misconduct uh, involved here? How about a review of that aspect as oh, far as uh, your I department that, that, rather than do away with the department? Yeah, you know no, what I'm no, saying? You, Unbelievable. You, you came up with the answers,
1: and this is something that I've studied. I had a great opportunity a number of years ago to teach criminal justice at Suffolk Community College and all the young people that would come into my classes that wanted to be police officers. They all said the same thing. It's because I want to help people. But here in Suffolk County, Nassau County, same thing, New York City to a larger extent also, that of every nine applications they get, pretty much seven are rejected. Because they look through the scrutiny, whether it's a polygraph test, whether it's a background, psychological. They go to your, your high schools. They want to know what you did in high school and so on. All of this is part of that background check, which is why we're so successful here. That's not being done throughout the country. And they, and I keep saying this. I, I speak to Chief Cameron all the time. And I say, Chief, you've got to start inviting some of these uh, heads of these police departments over here to Suffolk County and say, this is how we train our cops. And this is how we get the best of the best. And especially now when you have so many uh, former military members from the Gulf War, from the uh, Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts and so on, and you're getting that military-minded type of individual that could easily, easily segue into being a good civilian cop. And we're seeing that also, and that's why we're so successful here. But you're right about what you said. There, there are some municipalities that uh, they swear you in, and you're out on the street already, and you get your training during your first year while you're a police officer. That's no good. That's no good, and we've got to change that. And I think we can. I think there's a realization that we are doing that right now. And uh, we're still successful. But unless we need to eliminate all of those situations, George Floyd should never happen again, ever, ever. And I think we can eliminate that.
0: No question. You're listening to Tom Shalera, those middays. What a job, 12 to 2. You hear him every day. Not today. Tom, would you believe it? Islanders three Island, days. Island. I mean, come on, I know, knocking I know. out the uh, the midday program—that's sacrilege. I know. I know. <laughs>
1: but, uh, but they represent Long Island, and we get, and you and I spoke so much on my show. Getting back to normal, man. Let's get back yeah. to normal. Let's see. Uh, let's watch games. We need to watch
0: games. I know. I know. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And hopefully, Islanders will move on to the quarters uh, today. They got to be Florida. One last thing, because you know, I love talking politics with you. You're, you're into it. I'm into it. You know, we get thrown into it. Uh, and, you know, it's it's almost like the Blob. Remember the blue the movie, The Blob, with yes. Steve McQueen. That's yes. how my political proudest.
1: You don't go bro. back that far. That was a movie in the late fifties. I don't think you go
0: back. I'm saying, I've seen I've seen the movie. I didn't see its debut. It Steve McQueen,
1: I think it was Steve McQueen was in it. I, don't
0: even know. I think so. Yeah. I, and there've been other versions of it. I I used to love the original. Yeah. That was the original. But what do you think? You know, I got about a minute or two. Give, give me your take. You know, you, Joe Biden, every time he, he talks, he's setting himself back, mm-hmm. and now you have debates. Some people say he won't even be at that first debate mm-hmm. on September the 29th. I think he essentially he has to be there. I mean, if he doesn't debate, he's going to lose. I don't care what the polls say. But give me your take uh, for a second regarding, you know, what you think. I mean, November 3rd is coming around. Yeah. It's fast and furious, as I always well, the d- say.
1: the debates are key, okay? like you said. Uh, there are, just, just look at it this way. There are certain percentages of uh, – undecided voters in michigan wisconsin uh pennsylvania florida those swing states those states that can go either way forget about new york forget about california doesn't matter what joe does he's going to win those states anyhow but those are the states that uh, literally have to be taken by a biden candidacy and if he doesn't go to that first debate There's trouble there because those people are going to make the decision based on seeing the two. They have two choices standing next to one another, six feet apart, social distancing or whatever. And they're going to be able to make that judgment on on to their handling of the issues. That's so important. It was done. If you remember Reagan, Mondale, same thing. Uh, Mondale actually looked good in this first debate against Reagan. Now, Reagan ended up winning 49 out of 50 states. But after that first debate, Reagan slipped a little bit. So those debates are important. That's number one. And then, of course, number two is how is he going to handle himself in terms of his uh, cognitive abilities? Now, I don't mean anything negative by this, but I see a problem, as do a lot of people see a problem with that, which is why next week and I'm going to get off in 10 seconds, next week that choice of the VP is really going to be so key, and he's going to make that choice next week. We'll see where that
0: is. Give me a prediction. Who is it? Who, I, who I'm going, is I'm the gonna say, pick?
1: I'm going to say a safe one right now would be Kamala Harris uh, for the most part. Uh, for a lot of reasons a little bit of a law enforcement background but she has a lot of uh, criticism a lot of criticism against her and the way she handled herself but i think she'd appeal more to middle america
0: i say harris i've said harris well i even thought she'd be the, the nominee for the president way back i thought she bowed out a little bit too early but uh i think that's the safe pick i think it is the pick and i'll tell you this i think karen bass has been moving up the Moving up the ranks uh yeah. fast. Uh, and, you know, either way, I don't think he, he – he, listen, he's got to make the pick. He's got to somehow – he's got to offset some of the stuff that he is saying right now. The comments yesterday and backtracking regarding African-Americans and Latinos and everything else, he has to make that pick right now. And, and if you're on his team – Hey, Joe, where are we got to announce, because right now, every time... Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm closing the door in your basement, and I'm going to tell you face-to-face, you must keep quiet, sir. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I tell Joe Bud. That's why I think he's got to make his pick. Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. I think it'll happen. We shall see. Mr. Shalero. Rainer Park tomorrow, sir, one more time? Rainer
1: Park tomorrow. Rainer County Park. The rally starts at 11. Speakers start at 11.30. 174 Ronconcoma Avenue. That's tomorrow morning. New York State. Back the blue Ronconcoma rally. Be there.
0: I'm telling you folks get out there because and shake a hand shake a hand with law enforcement and just tell them what a great job he or she has been doing they need it and we know they're out there and we know they're doing it i'm telling you most of them are doing it just a couple of bad apples yep that have ruined it for all hey listen always great to have you i love your show man i really do i love it jay i have to get i get up at 6 a.m for no reason just to listen to you it's amazing I, i love your show i have it on whatever i'm doing i'm putting you on uh Great stuff. I love the callers, too. I love the camaraderie and everything else. Keep up the great work. We'll talk soon, my friend. Okay.
1: Thank you, Jay.